Hey guys, thanks for listening to another episode of the Stuff I Don't Like podcast, hosted by me, Ray Benjamin. On every episode, we seek to educate our listeners with a mix of humor, honesty, and zero chill. You can follow us on Instagram at Stuff I Don't Like Podcast, and now I'm happy to announce we're on the iHeartRadio app, so you can find our podcast there. Just search for Stuff I Don't Like. So wherever you're listening to the show, I want you to do me a huge favor. I want you to like, comment, subscribe, share it with your friends so the show can continue to grow and excel. On Facebook recently, I've been seeing the show's been getting a lot of new likes. I don't know where that's coming from because I don't really go on Facebook that much. (laughs) But thank you. Shout out to all the new fans and new listeners. Um, I love you know when you guys leave comments or dm me or message me so keep it up and thanks for your support if you didn't know i'm also if you didn't know i also um have co-written and produced a new cartoon web series called julisa who it's a one minute animated show that follows the adulting fails of the title character Julissa. Whether Julissa's trying to avoid her annoying co-workers or an unsolicited threesome at a coffee shop, her inner thoughts rarely match the unbothered demeanor she pretends to maintain. We post new episodes on Instagram every Tuesday and you can follow us at Julissa, that's J-U-L-I-S-A underscore W-H-O, or you can visit our website at julisahoo.com. So now that we got all of that fun stuff out of the way, let's go ahead and start the show. Hey listeners, I'm here with Eric uh, Mellegren. He is a sound bath expert, uh, <laughs> practitioner. I'll but, take that. <laughs> I've, so I've been doing a few episodes about just self-care and um, therapy and other things that we can do to help ourselves. And so the first time I went to a sound bath was with you actually at Equinox. That was your first sound bath? Yeah. No way, that's amazing. Yeah, and so... Hope I didn't screw up. No, it was amazing. I'd never heard of that. I just saw it on the schedule. So I was like, oh, let me try that out. And it was amazing and I told my friends about it now my friend comes with me every month and (laughs) it's just so great and I think it's a really um great technique alternative method for people who maybe have trouble focusing with meditation and other um forms of I guess relaxation so I just wanted to share um, my experience and your expertise with the listener so that hopefully they could partake in a sound bath near them so explain to someone who's never like heard of a sound bath what is the actual like what explain like the bowls you use and how it affects people for people that just are zero level of knowledge yeah about for sure so what i'm using is crystal quartz bowls so they're glass infused with crystal quartz which is a mineral um and uh, what sort of happens is is i play these bowls as you would kind of like a wine glass you know like at a dinner party when somebody's like hey look they play the wine glass and it makes like that high pitch sound, right? That's kind of what I'm doing with these glass bowls of that really healing mineral. And basically I'm lulling people. And what I mean by lulling people is I am uh, downshifting your brain waves and manipulating your brain waves to slow down. I'm pulling them to slow down. 
to put you in a much more relaxed state. And when you fall into that relaxed state, which we all walk around in what's called the beta state, which is just the rate at which your brain waves are running. And then when you get home from work and you sit on the couch and you just relax, right before you, you know, you turn on the TV, you're just sitting there, you're relaxing, they fall down even more in what could be considered the alpha state, right? Which is again just slowing down those brain waves. Now when you start meditating, you can fall into what's called the theta state, which is a great pocket to be in, right? It's a really, really healing state. What happens is is when I talked about the sympathetic state, um, that's sort of what a fight or flight mode is, right? Adrenals are pumping, cortisol, or stress hormones are going. Now, when we go into a parasympathetic state, your body tells that stuff to shut down, and now your body can do what it's supposed to do, and that's heal. Mm -hmm. Now, how often do you think us humans nowadays are falling into that parasympathetic yeah, state? Not like, very often. Yeah, not often. So, to go back to what would people expect, what I tell people right off the bat is the cool, the hardest part about this whole process is actually getting here. Right? Once they're there, just shut your eyes. Just try to relax and let the bowls do the work because the sounds really help take them down into what that healing state is. And so um, what I teach about quite a bit is how this work, this form of meditation, um, and there are different modalities of meditation. And meditation doesn't have to look like what everybody thinks it has to look like. You don't have to sit with your legs crossed and your hands out. You can find meditation in a few different ways. Um, and, uh, you know, the bowl, let the bowls do the work. So the vibration is really healing in itself as well. Um, there is a science behind vibration. It's called cymatics. Um, and if you go on YouTube... With the, the sand, sand, yes. Yeah. That's what I always tell Swiss people. Swiss physicist named Hans Cheney came up with this cymatics thing where he threw sand on a metal plate, pump mm -hmm. frequency and vibration into that metal plate. And the sand being in chaos spread all around the metal yeah. plate at certain frequencies will go into perfectly geometric shapes. Yeah, it's crazy. And the higher the frequency goes, the more complex these shapes become. So the way that I describe it to people is, if you want to understand what vibration and frequency does, watch that. Now, what, how I describe it is it brings, um, uh, brings harmony from chaos, right? Sand is thrown all over there in no mm -hmm. shape or form and that vibration frequency brings structure to it it brings harmony to it geometrical shapes yeah. it's wild it's right? honestly i saw that in college actually one of my teachers showed it to me and i'd never seen anything like that and i think that's a perfect visual example because i know obviously you doing these sorts of things in a corporate setting i'm sure you've probably encountered people that are skeptical <laughs> very much so the yeah. last corporate gig i did it was it was fantastic um i did two half hour sessions the room held about 20 people the first session i had like 20 people the next session i had 15 and i generally ask all the time like is this anybody's first experience and virtually everybody raised their hand i love that mm -hmm. because now i get to bring them something very tangible tell the listeners a little bit about yourself and how you got into being a sound bath ah uh, yes expert. how much time do we have how long we is this podcast? a lot of time <laughs> <laughs> um so i grew up in florida um i grew up uh, my life was a soccer player for quite some time and then when i left high school um i kind of knew that that's not what i was going to be doing long term so there was a bit of a void because that was like my life and um, I just went and I picked up a guitar and I, that was sort of the beginning of me being a musician and I've been playing music ever since, um, around the 
the age of 17. Music is what brought me out to LA. Um, I ended up falling into the music industry, so I ended up working on the business side of things um, after I performed and was an artist and made a record under Shotgun Honeymoon um, for about the first five to six years that I was here. Continued working for the record label, and within that time that I was working at the record label, I was there for quite some time. I was there for about 13 years. Mm -hmm. So about seven to eight years in, it started to lose its luster, and I started to sort of um, go a little bit into a dark place. It just felt like every day was Groundhog's Day. I knew how to do what I was doing. just didn't feel like it was really benefiting me. So I started going to therapy myself, uh, alternative therapy with an intuitive healer named Jennifer Schaefer, and that really changed everything. Um, doing that and doing all the work on myself from there um, really led me to sort of get into this quote-unquote healing world, right? Um, I did a nutritional therapy certification course through NTA. Um, from there, uh, what was crazy about that course is the biggest thing I learned about was how much stress impacts even the way our body um, uh, accepts nutrients, digestion, mm -hmm. like all of that, right? Because it has to do with our cortisol levels, our adrenals, falling, not being in the sympathetic state, being in the parasympathetic state as far as like digestion goes. Um, and as I was reading about how stress was such an inhibitor and like, oh, this, that, blood sugar regulation, all this stuff, um, I was like, oh, well, what are you gonna do with stress? Like, how do you really get around that, right? It's always there. Um, and then all of a sudden, I went to a sound bath at the Integratron in Joshua Tree. Oh, Have you ever yeah. heard of the place? I went there last year with my best friends for the first time. It's magic. It was amazing. It's magic. Um, there's a lot of stigma around that place, obviously, about why it was built and where it was oh, built yeah, and like all, the the fun, all of the fun, <laughs> all the fun stuff. I, um, I leave that for people yeah. to kind of dive into it. And if, if that's what they, you know, if that's what they want to research, then that's cool. But what I love about the space is that it's a perfectly acoustically built room made of all wood. It's like the best vocal booth you've ever been in. And so that being said, it just amplifies the vibrations and the frequency of the sound baths from the bowls in that room. And it just... It was such an intense experience. When I walked out of there, I'd never felt lighter in my life, ever. And it was probably at one of the more stressful points of my life. So I just remember thinking to myself, like, well, how is this the only and first time I've, like, what is this? Like, how did this happen? It's a bit of a natural high. Um, it just felt like all of the stress and anxiety and all of the weight that I was carrying around was scrubbed off my shoulders. It gave me a different perspective of sort of where I was Right, and sometimes when you're in a dark place and you, you feel like you're in this hole, you don't you can't see the light, but then like this kind of pulled my perspective out and made me look at things in a much broader point of view, and made me feel so much better about things and about all the positive things I had going on in my life, and and it made me feel like I can get out of this. Um, so from there, I started like sort of leaning into all this other work, like uh, uh, energy work. So I got Reiki Master certified. Um, I took a, um, a sound therapy uh, course called biofield tuning, where basically I'm just using frequency and vibration to raise people's vibration. Um, and it, it also sort of pulls up old stories that we hold on to. Um, and by acknowledging those old stories, it helps people sort of uh, deal with them and it helps the body come much more at ease. So it's a one-on-one -on -one therapy session. Um, and so that being said, as I started doing all of this work, I knew that being a musician, that the 
the sound bath thing was always something that kind of was like, I think that this is what I'm going to be doing, but I'm just going to keep following this path. Um, so after I completed a bunch of these courses, I started following around some sound healers that had been doing this a long time in LA. Um, uh, Spirit Medicine, uh, his name's Shane on Instagram, and then Torquem G, like both of these guys. Like when I was working at the record label, I was actually hiring Torquem to come in and introduce oh. sound baths to that environment because I wasn't doing them yet. Um, it, but just because I, by taking them myself, I just knew how powerful they were. I wanted to bring this into that type of setting. So that as I started learning from them, um, I started getting into it. And then using all of the modalities that I had kind of accumulated up into that point, um, I started developing my own practice. And so I finally was able to leave um, uh, Warner Records in 2017. Um, and then from then on, I've just really been able to sort of build my practice up to what I'm doing today, um, which are sound baths, you know, at a, a quite a bit of different kinds of places. I work at Unplugged, the meditation studio, about five to six days a week. Um, Equinox is one of my partners that I work with on a monthly basis um, uh, over at the sports club. And then... Um, I do yoga studios around town. I go into corporations. I do privates, all that kind of stuff. It's starting to become a very popular thing to give back to people, too. And I think that what makes me a little bit different than um, some of the other, uh, other practitioners and teachers out there is that I'm coming in from the corporate field, and I haven't really changed a whole lot of the way I look and the way I talk. And so I am trying to get into... Um, working with people that aren't familiar with this and showing them how impactful it can be to their life as far as it comes to stress management, anxiety relief, and better sleep. Um, because what it did for me while I was working in the corporate field, in an environment like the music industry, um, it, it was really, really interesting on how it made me feel so much better about where I was and about the things that I was doing to the point where people at work were physically noticing a change. Wow. And so I was exuding a different kind of energy um, and the best way for me to do it, to describe that is when you're working in an office space you oftentimes in a high stress environment have people running in your office <laughs> and being like oh my god did you see that email from so and so or hey I need you to find out what did it like how much is this going but whatever it is right and whatever business you're in and a lot of times what we do as humans is we take that on right because we don't think about it and so that means the other person's stress and anxiety becomes your stress and anxiety, mm -hmm. and it spins you out of control. But who says that has to be the case, right? And so that's where meditation comes into play. And sound, being a musician, but also just vibration and frequency resonates with everybody because we're all vibrating. I mean, if you want to get into the physics of it all, right? That's um, true. So I want you to explain... Because it's funny, like I said, I bring all my friends here whenever there's a free one. But I bought one of my friends, I invited him to the sound bath. And he texted me like, oh, okay, should I wear my swim trunks? Like, yeah. He didn't know what I it was. I tell that story too because when I started, I started working on people within, within my workplace. It was easy, right? Mm -hmm. Because people there are stressed out. And I'm like, hey, can I like, let's do this thing. Like I'm sort of, you know, getting in my hours, so to speak. And I'll never forget one of my buddies, TJ. Um, he was like, yeah, I'd love to try that. And, uh, you know, we we're talking about timing. And he was like, but, like, 
do I need to like shower afterwards <laughs> or like, do I need to like, what do I wear in swim trunks or whatever? And I was just, <laughs> I laughed so hard I had to sit down, but I was like, no, I get it. Yeah. Like I understand People that don't this know is, what it means. Well, they don't know yeah. what it means, which is fine. I mean, look, sound bath is just a kitschy little term. It means you're being bathed in sound. Right. But that being said, doesn't mean that people really know what it is. Yeah. So understandably funny yeah. is the way that I kind of took that. And, uh, but yeah, I also kind of call them sound guided meditations because again, just another form of meditation where you're being guided by sound. When we experience it, then it's like, okay, now let's talk, right? Because you actually feel something, mm -hmm. you know, whether you were able to completely turn your thoughts, you know, just sort of like let your thoughts be not let your thoughts control you or not, whether you're able to like work your way around that, you're actually going to get the physical benefits of what this brings to you. Um, and so that's really, really important. And so um, to your point, it, I love going into places like that where they don't know a whole lot about it, but what I stress is the stress management part, anxiety relief, the better sleep, because these are the things that this work really helped me with. And the kicker of it all is, is in, as society, we have not really been taught healthy ways to, to cope, to yeah. deal with stress, right? Have a healthy relationship with stress. Stress is always going to be there, but what is our relationship with it? Do we let us control us? And how often do we let us control us? How beneficial would that be if I was, let's say stress controlled you about 80% of the time. So what if you found some sort of a meditation modality where now you backed that down to 30% of the time. So you just cut off 50% of the time that your body is, is not working at its most optimal value, right? Because your body, uh, 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 illnesses, but, but you know, chronic illnesses, yes, they feed off of stress. Yes. Right? Your stress, like stress can kill. I mean, that's what we read all about that. So what do you do about it? You know, the generation, my parents' generation, when they were stressed out, they went to drink, they drank, yeah. right? And the generation before that, that's all I heard about my grandparents is, you know, you get away from things, you go drink. And then generation after that, sort of my generation and leading in the millennial generation, it's been all about pills, pills yeah. Xanax, mm -hmm. or now it's, it's um, uh, uh, opioids, yeah. right? The opioid crisis. Mm -hmm. It's to get away from all of that. You want to numb it. And we're not taught healthy ways to deal with these kinds of things or building that foundation up to deal with these kinds of things. There's always going to be moments, Yeah. always going to be moments, but less of those moments are going to be much, much better for you. Right. It's kind of looking like that glass as the water fills up. Like if you're not taking care of that, it's just going to overflow. Right. So that being said, when I go into corporate settings, like I, I love, um, talking about how helpful this is for stress and how that can lay such a solid foundation for all other things to work properly, including the healing process, digestion, recovery, um, mental happiness, just in general. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, it's a really big deal. And I don't know anybody that doesn't have trouble with stress. No, especially like you said in, in LA, I think a lot of times also people manufacture their own stress when things are not that big of a deal. Like yeah. I'm a writer, I work on a TV show and 
some days, you know, there's a lot of high stress. Everyone's freaking out. People are crying and yelling. But at the end of the day, it's a TV show. (laughs) It's really... I can relate, by the way. (laughs) No, I have The industry that I was in. Yeah. At the end of the day, we're making music. It's not that important. Like... No offense, like, I love TV, that's what I want to do, but I was talking to one of the girls, I'm just like, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter, and we place such emphasis on these things, and we stress ourselves out, but it's not a life or death situation. Most of the time, things that stress you out are really not as important as you think they are, Yeah. yeah. so I think... Like you said, doing things like sound baths and other forms of meditation can help you. Floating. With your, yeah, help with your reaction. Guided yeah. meditations. Like, um, uh, you know, so again, a lot of what I teach about, just because I do sound baths and sound has sort of been ingrained in me. And so it's just, it's, it's logical that I've kind of like fallen into this. But when I teach, um, I talk about all of the other modalities of it because I think it's, more important uh, that people just find what works for them and they lean into that rather than being like, hey, just come to Sound Bass because that's the end all the be all. Well, no, like it doesn't resonate with everybody. And so, um, and I do wholeheartedly believe that the more that people in general find something that works for them, again, whether it's floating, guided meditations, breath work classes, uh, uh, sound baths, like any of those things, just find what works for you and, and lean into it because, um, you know, I, I'm telling you that it will be able to find um, themselves moving forward in some really amazing ways, in ways that they never thought that they would. Um, and it's so helpful. So if people, like, buy, a, like, a singing bowl themselves, can yeah. they heal themselves with the sound bath or do you have kind of have to go to another a class where someone else is playing the bowls or can you just do it at home and get the same results on yourself um that's an interesting question because uh being able to heal themselves that's really up to them oh, right deep um yeah <laughs> i because if somebody isn't ready then you know i can't you know i i have People get up and walk out of sort of my sound baths all the time. Um, and, you know, whether it just doesn't resonate with oh, them really? or whether Trigger they just something. aren't ready, it triggers something that's uncomfortable and they don't know how to deal with that. Or maybe they're just not ready for that experience. Um, and so it really just depends. Now, if you are looking to start a med- your own meditation practice, whether that's sitting in silence for 16 seconds and listening to your breath, like that's meditation, mm-hmm. right? Um, sometimes people um, find it easier and just kind of like nicer to have a routine and having that sound is almost like, okay, I'm meditating right now, right? And your meditation could literally be, so if you did buy a crystal bowl and you just hit it once and you just let that ring until it dies, that could be your meditation for the day. You know what I mean? And so sometimes people may use that as like, here's my marker. You know what I mean? Um, it's something to experience, experiment with. Uh, these crystal quartz bowls and these sort of like healing sort of instruments, they're instruments. So it's like any other musician, but it, it all depends on the integrity that comes in with it. Right? Okay. So like it depends on what that 
you said have to be open to receiving things. Yeah. I mean, you could sit there and ring it and be like, oh, okay, that's cool. Like, <laughs> let's go get some lunch. You know what yeah. I mean? It's true, though, right? And it just depends on what frame of mind you are. And if you're really serious about, like, kind of, like, like seeing how smart your body is and, 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 and finding out, like, the most that you can get out of your body and your mind, your subconscious and, like, all of this stuff that we're made of. Um, you know, we look at ourselves in the mirror every day, and this is all we see are the physical things. Forget we're made up of 50 trillion cells that are all vibrating. And you start looking in, you know, the protons, electrons, and the neutrons, how are they held together? You know what I mean? It's energy, it's electricity, it's all of this stuff. And so, you know, we forget about that. Mm -hmm. Forget about the physics of all of this stuff. And so if people are ready to sort of tap into what that is, then maybe they are ready, you know, to to sit down with themselves and sit in silence for 15 seconds, a minute, five minutes, 10 minutes. Meditation is a practice and the reason why you said that, right? It takes practice to continue. You, you don't sit down and, and, and all of a sudden You're you can- enlightened. Be enlightened <laughs> after an hour of sitting down and doing those things, it takes work. I, the, use the analogy of, let's say you're, you're overweight and you go to the gym for the first time, you come home, you aren't all of a sudden ready to hit the Men's Health or the Women's Health magazine, right? I mean, it's going to take work. And you're going to be going to the gym probably nonstop for three weeks, and you still might not even notice a difference. Other people might be like, hey, are you? But you might not see it. But then as time goes on, you start noticing like all of these, this hard work that you've been putting into it, things start turning around. It's the same thing with meditation. Um, I've sort of come up with, with a different way of looking at the word mindful. Mm. It's thrown around quite a bit. Yes. Um, but I look at it like at the acronym MNDFL. So you have N, which is meditation. N, which is natural healing. Diet plus fitness equals lifestyle. Mm. Right? And so when you incorporate all of these things, um, you can find out what your most optimal being can actually look like, right? How far can you take this whole being? Um, and meditation is a huge, huge factor within the natural healing sort of ability, right? Because you're allowing your body to actually do what it's supposed to do by slowing everything down and again, letting it do what it's supposed to do. Um, you know, out in nature, animals, they are only on these two things and that's all they do, right? They're either hunting or resting. Like, that's it. We overcomplicate things with yeah. phones and <laughs> TVs, which keeps us in that sympathetic state because we're always, we're, we're stimulated. And so how often are we in that healing state? Well, not much, you know? There's a reason why when you go to the doctor, you're not feeling well. Rest. I need you to rest. <laughs> Need you to shut down. Why? So your body can flip down into that healing state. So, um, yeah, I, I, I firmly believe that, and it was something that meditation being uh, was something that sort of escaped me for quite some time. I've been an athlete since I was five. Um, you know, I, I've, I've been eating right since probably like my mid to late 20s. I think the last time I had fast food, I was 
probably 25. Wow. You know? Good for you. Um, yeah. I mean, you, when you start, like, figuring out, like, seeing the difference, like, whoa. Yeah. Like, that's, oh, okay, that's what's going on? Okay, I want to, like, be better to myself about all this stuff. And um, not until probably about, you know, my mid, my little after my mid-30s, like, did I start figuring out kind of, like, what this meditation thing was. And it was only through sound baths because sound resonated with me. Um, sound baths are a great introduction into meditation because, again, you have sound to kind of help you through it. And, it, and the sound really lulls you into that state. Whereas people really do have a hard time with meditation yeah. because it's intimidating. Hey, sit in silence. I know you're going to have a ton of thoughts, <laughs> but just stay there. Just don't move, no, you know? That's it's, true. It's that's definitely... I recommend sound baths. For me, recently, I've also started doing qigong every day and yeah. tai chi because I am a dancer. I've danced my whole life, so I think doing a moving meditation it's much easier for me to you know that's amazing by the way i love that than to sit and meditate i'm glad you said that that there's different ways to meditate because you know i've always i guess been into sort of natural modes of healing but when i was younger i just knew of traditional like sitting there cross-legged meditation and i thought that was the yeah. only way to meditate and i would get really frustrated with myself because i could only do it for a few minutes and then yeah. i would start thinking about this and i would keep trying but i just couldn't i thought oh man like something's wrong with me i can't do this that's but, funny because that's what I feel like my purposes with this work is to break down that barrier and teach people and show people about the other modalities that may resonate with them and not feel so intimidating and make them kind of like push it away. Um, I talk about quite a bit Steph Curry, um, who's a huge advocate for floating, which are sensory deprivation tanks. Joe Rogan is a big fan of this. but. Joe takes it to another level and he like takes mushrooms and Kinda goes crazy, into yeah. it. <laughs> that's a whole nother experience. If that's what you want to do, go for it. Um, but yes, yeah, Steph Curry attributes a lot of what he does to uh, adding that to his regimen. And you have these athletes like LeBron James meditated, Tom Brady. It's, you look at these elite athletes and what they're doing to find an edge. And you find in the most elite athletes that meditation is a part of what they're doing. Michael Jordan, uh, uh, who is the coach, Phil Jackson. Oh yeah, he's a Buddhist. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's again, like even looking at the sort of the athlete take on it, you see it in Steph Curry's game, right? Um, I mean, yeah, he gets emotional every now and then, but it's it, it, just the way that he plays. It's He doesn't get too high, doesn't really get too low, right? Um, it's kind of like being in the zone or the pocket. Mm -hmm. And if you can walk out into the court and be in the zone and in the pocket because of what this work brings to you, not be flustered by the chaos around you, but let all of that practice just take over once you hit the court, like what athlete wouldn't want that? And so if you look at your life, like they would look at their sport, and you can prepare yourself for your life by using this, you know, modality. Again, whether you're floating, sound bathing, meditating, however you want to incorporate it. Imagine what you could do. You know, imagine the seeds that you can plant and you can start having fun with imagination within these things and actually um, uh, uh, building your own life uh, by using this kind of work. Uh, like things that you never dreamed of that you can actually make 
kind of come true, which is pretty cool. It's a whole different, that's when you can start having fun with meditation, is when you can start planting those seeds of things that you want your life to look like. Um, so that's, that's when you, you know, I guess I would call it the intermediate level. Yeah. No. Oh, that's just the intermediate level. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm sure there's an advanced level yeah. that like I haven't even like tapped into yet, but yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Well, so tell the yeah. audience about your business and how they can find you. Yeah, for sure. So um, I uh, started a, a company uh, probably about four years ago with a business partner of mine, uh, Matt Faldmo. We had met in nutritional therapy school. The company was called Vigilant Healing Solutions. And um, we were uh, service-based. And so, again, a lot of what I'm doing right now is built off of that. Um, he's down in San Diego. I'm in L.A. Uh, just recently, I decided to venture off on my own. And I'm starting my own company now called The Middle Branch. Oh, cool. And um, The Middle Branch, Middle Branch actually translates into my last name. So oh. Melgren in Scandinavian translates to middle branch. Oh, cool. And uh, since I really do feel like I'm a connector of this work and bringing it to people, it made so much sense. It just kind of all the pieces fell together, right? I'm not reinventing the wheel here. I'm just the middle branch, you know, within the tree of life of bringing all of these things to people and showing them how it can benefit their everyday life. So um, uh, as I am sort of already within the LA proper of uh, meditation studios, yoga studios, corporates, um, uh, equinoxes, all I that kind of stuff. I think children could really benefit from this. You should go to school. Well, that's funny that you say that because Campbell Hall actually here in LA is a school that I go to quite a bit. I'm there probably about four times a year and not only kids, but don't forget the, the teachers, teachers and the yeah. parents. I actually, so it's funny, it's two weeks ago I was there. Um, and I took care of the teachers before school started, which was funny. Um, but yeah, Campbell Hall in Los Angeles, I, I was out there and um, you'd be surprised. I mean, the room was full and these teachers were like, oh yeah, like we're, <laughs> we, could, we could use this before all the kids get here. Um, I did uh, work with a nonprofit where I worked with um, some of the low income kids yeah, and I did a class that. for them um, in Hamilton High. Mm -hmm. So uh, I've kind of been all over in trying to bring this work. I even went in and did, um, uh, went into a rescue place out off of Ventura in Van Nuys. The name is escaping me. Um, but uh, I worked with some of the dogs and some of the pens oh, there wow. just to see if I could sort of help with their anxiety. How did to it affect them... animals? That's really interesting. Super interesting. So they, it was an open forum uh, sort of rescue place just with blocked off pens. So I was in one pen, but still in an open floor plan. So there, all of the other dogs were still kind of doing what they were doing. Um, but the pen that I was in, it was, it was really funny. And I have pictures and video of this. I went in there with a couple of my bulls. And from the moment I rang that first bull, the dogs did the head tilt with the ear. Everybody like stopped barking wow. and probably about everybody, all the dogs stopped barking at. <laughs> All the humans stopped barking. Um, about five minutes in, like, the dogs just started to sit. And they were intrigued about what was happening. They weren't scared by it, but they were apprehensive is a good word. So I was on one side of the pen, and it was funny because they all grouped on the other side of the <laughs> pen. But they were all kind of looking at me like... I kind of like what's going on here, but I'm unsure about what's happening here. And these are dogs that were just 
barking and carrying up a storm with every with all of the other animals in there. But even as the other animals were kind of barking a little bit here and there, these animals were just kind of like, huh. Wow. Well, especially because dogs can hear and like feel. sound. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it, that's. It, I feel like they can though, hear like sounds that humans can't even hear. So maybe yeah. they could pick up on something. I think it's more about the vibration. With <laughs> yeah, them. yeah. Because if you think about it, that's how animals really sense yeah. other animals is through vibration, mm-hmm. um, picking up the vibes. I mean, us humans say it all the time. We just don't realize what we're saying. Yeah. Somebody walks into a room, you know, I don't like their vibe. <laughs> But they don't believe in vibration. <laughs> it's really like, do you know what you're saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I always find that kind of humorous, but I get it. Um, we tend to lose sight on, on where we get things and, and how we say things. But So I really do feel that it's mostly the vibrations that the animals are really feeling. And they're just kind of like taken aback by that's what they're getting in that moment. But... Um, at one point I almost had every single dog lying down. There was just one <laughs> pesky pup that <laughs> was still very curious and walking around, but all eight of the other dogs in that little pen were just like really, really kind of chilled out. Um, so yeah, so I've done high schools, I've done dog rescues, I've done you know meditation studios. I've, I've gone in to talk to a, 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 a police station down in... Inglewood, and I haven't had the chance to get down there, but they're very interested in. And again, I, there's my parents are both teachers for for combined well over thirty or forty years. Um, but I really want to sort of figure out how to help, like the service, oh right, you know, vets, teachers, police, firefighters helping people who help people because these people are the last people to help themselves, right? Because they're constantly helping others. That's their job. Um, and so that's going to be another one of my goals within my company as I grow my company um, is figuring out sort of how to put something like that together and be an outlet and a service for people of service um, because this can be really helpful if just like helping them have a peace of mind and you know a little bit of relaxation um, I get a lot of therapists that come into my oh, sessions wow. at Unplug. Yeah, it's probably so draining for them helping people all the Some time. Some of the stories I hear from them, and I try to spend as much time as I can with them, and they'll even have me come in to, sometimes when they have groups, mm. they'll have me come in and I'll do a session for like their group. Um, uh, but yeah, like they come in and, and they take classes all the time because, again, like if you're burnt out, how are yeah. you supposed to be like... And so if you can help do that self-care for yourself, imagine how much more you can sort of give back what you've got to keep giving back to yourself, right? Same goes for like me and like our world, right? I'll dip in and take as many classes as I can from Unplug um, because they have an amazing program for us teachers. Obviously, we can come in and take classes and we have to take advantage of that stuff. I go out to Pasadena. My my favorite float place is called Just Float out in Pasadena. And um, I'll go float out there as much as I can. I try to do like a session a month. Um, but, you know, it's another great way to sort of scrub all that junk off of your off your shoulders and really just hit the reset button. So I guess how often would you recommend people get a sound bath? Like once a month, once a week? What do you think is a good amount? 
really depends on what they have going on. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a, a word that, I, that, that we learned in nutritional therapy. It's called bioindividuality. Everybody's mm, different. That's true. Everybody's different. So let's say you have somebody that um, doesn't really have a whole lot of stress. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like maybe they don't need it all that often, but if somebody is always sort of um, uh, really stressed out and anxious and like bottled over, right? Um, then just try to do something um, for as much as you can until you can find that regimen that works for you. It's kind of like an exercise regimen, right? And not every one exercise regimen works for every single person. So the same thing goes for like meditation. But how amazing would that be if we bookended our days? Instead of waking up and looking at your phone, you go sit outside for 30 seconds and then before you go to bed, you sit down your phone, you go sit outside for 30 seconds, you know. Maybe you go to a sound bath once a, once a week, once every couple of weeks. Like I don't get to a sound bath every day. I probably go take care of myself with a sound bath like once every week, mm-hmm. right? It's easy for me though because yeah, I, yeah, you know, do I, have the, <laughs> I have the friends and the places that I can go to. Um, but it's just finding, it's like exercise. Like not everybody like lives in the right spot where they can do all of the things. That, but you find what works for you, right? Sometimes it's, somebody's like, well, I get to walk out of my, cell, my house and I can run four miles with my dog. That's how I get my exercise. So the same thing goes with meditation. You find whatever fits within your schedule, location, and your time, mm-hmm. you know, and you schedule it. You make time for it. Yeah, you yeah. got to make time. And I think that we should, like, listeners out there that have kids, I think, like you said, we don't really teach kids how to cope with stress, and so then they grow up to be stressed individuals. So I feel like if you have children, they should really be exposed to of meditation techniques like I was talking you mentioned LeBron James he started his school and at his school they have meditation that's amazing (laughs) it doesn't surprise me because that you know um he's very progressive and in in his you know sort of what he was building his school for um and there needs to be more of that yeah there just needs to be more teachers of teaching people about how powerful this work can be um, and yeah, I mean, the more that we can spread that, that's fantastic. Good for him. Okay. Well, thank you for being on the show, Eric. It was great having you. Um, if you have like a website or anything people can go to, you can say it now. Yes. By the end of September, <laughs> you will be able to go to the middle branch.com, um, as well as Instagram, the middle branch and Facebook, the middle branch. Um, but yes, thank you, Ray. I appreciate you having me. Thank you. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Stuff I Don't Like podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. Please do myself and yourself, let's let's keep it real, yourself a favor by going on Instagram and following us at Stuff I Don't Like Podcast. You can also visit us on the internet, the interweb at stuffidontlike.net. I'd also love for you to check out the cartoon web series that I've been working on. It's a comedy. It's hilarious. You'll love it. And follow that on Instagram at Julissa, J-U-L-I-S-A underscore who, W-H-O. Follow that on Instagram. 
and go to our website, julisahoo.com. And that's it. So tune in next week for more conversations with humor, honesty, and zero chill. Thanks, guys.